welcome to The Artist Appeals. This is Erin Sparler, and I'm your host. In The Artist Appeals, we interview artists, crafters, photographers, and business professionals about the business of art. I hope you'll join us and enjoy the show. Today, I want to talk about The Artist Appeals 7-Step System. I want to give you an overview a summary, if you will, of the entire process. In these past couple of podcasts, we've been interviewing industry experts, leading professionals who have had long and interesting careers in the arts, crafts, or business area. And we've used the format of the APPEALS acronym, A-P-P-E-A-L-S, APPEALS. It stands for Art, product, presentation, educate, amplify, license, and success. I'll say that again in case you're writing it down. It's appeals. Art, product, presentation, educate, amplify, license, and success. So here's the deal. This appeals acronym tries to summarize a big amount of information, right? There's a lot to do when you're an artist, especially when you're a solopreneur or when you're bootstrapping. And this system breaks it down into seven chunks. You might be starting at a different point from somebody else in the system, or you might be starting at the very beginning, but it all fits within this system. And if you have this in your mind, you can organize what you need to do as the next step in the process. So let me explain. We start as artists by creating art. We create a collection of artwork. The artwork is the starting point, the idea, the theme, the style, the thing that we are creating. You need to create multiple pieces and they should have a common theme or feel, right? So once you've created that artwork, you don't want to just squirrel it away in a closet. I am guilty of this. I will tell you honestly that I have a walk-in closet in my basement that is full of artwork. I've been in the art field for 25 years, something like that. I love making a collection of work. I'm putting it in a beautiful portfolio in the sleeves and then squirreling it away in my closet. Don't be a squirrel. Do not squirrel your way, squirrel away your artwork, you know, for the winter. It doesn't work. It needs to get out there. These are your babies. You need to let them fly the nest, if you will. So we make artwork. Now, you need to make artwork that's within a theme or has a common style. And we talk about this more in the section about art. We talk about the difference between brand, voice, theme, those differentiations. I don't want to get into that too deep here. The next step in the appeals process, though, is that once you've made that art, you need to be able to divorce yourself from the artwork and begin to turn it into a product. Now, it may already be a product. If you're a craftsman, you may already be thinking of your work as a product. But I know for artists, that a lot of times for creators, crafters, makers, we have a personal attachment to our artwork. 
we have emotional connection to it because we imbibe it with our emotions. And that's a good thing. That makes your artwork powerful. Stories, emotions, those are the things that we as humans connect with. That helps us to connect to other humans. But when you start to think of your artwork more as work and as a product, then you can divorce yourself from it emotionally. And this can help. This can help get it out to the world. So when you're creating your artwork as a product, you want to create it as a product that has three different price points. So you want to look at your work and be able to offer your audience work that has a low price point, a middle price point, and a high price point. You'll notice that during the rest of this, I'm going to start talking about your artwork, your craft, your design, whatever it is you make as work. Because you need to change your idea, your mindset about the work and acknowledge that it is work and that you deserve to get paid for it. It is a product. It is a skill. It is a craft that you have honed and you have developed and you have worked hard on. So art, product, the second P is presentation. You need to present that product in a professional manner. It's oftentimes an afterthought when we start creating. We come and we make the work and we think a lot about making the work, but we don't think about how we're going to present the work. It is just as important how you present the work as the work itself. How you present the work conveys the value of the work. It communicates with something we refer to as perceived value. Let me give you an example. Rolex. Everybody knows Rolex watches are worth a lot of money and that they're beautiful, amazing precision instruments, but they don't just send them to you in a plastic Ziploc bag. You know, they send them to you in a beautiful box. Not that I would know, I don't have a Rolex, but the presentation from the ads to the way you receive it to the marketing is all about the quality and the perceived value. They've made it a status symbol. Artwork for some collectors is a status symbol. So the way you treat your artwork, how you handle it, and how you present it, be that from hanging it on the wall, how it's displayed on the shelf, or how you ship it, all together, taken all together, convey the value of your work. So your presentation is very important. E for educate. A P P E appeals. The E and appeals stands for educate. All of this is for not if you don't get the word out. How do you get the word out? You have to educate your audience. You have to educate your customers, your consumers, your friends, your family sometimes. Hmm. When I started teaching, oh, a million billion years ago, when I first became a college professor, I walked into this new building. The college was building this new big technology building. 
And there was this beautiful foyer with a big stairwell in the center and glass windows and recessed lighting pointing at these big bare walls. And I was like, oh, they built a gallery. They built a gallery. They didn't build a gallery. They built a gallery space, but they didn't put in any hanging system. And in fact, the administration, the president, was very adverse to putting holes in the wall. I worked very diligently for, I don't know, six months it took me, nine months, to write proposals and talk to people and educate them as to how having artwork could increase our visibility to the community and help the students. And I had to show them that you could hang the artwork without nails in the wall. Eventually, I convinced them to get an art hanging system that you installed across the top of the wall and then had wires that hung down so it wouldn't damage the walls. That gallery system is still there today. Oh, I guess um, 10, 15, 20 years later? Oh my, now I'm dating myself. Anyways, you have to educate your audience sometimes, even to the extent of the importance of art. Because there are people out there that have never been to a museum. There are people that have never been in an art gallery. There are people that have never even been in a coffee shop with nice artwork on the walls. So we have to educate our audience to the benefit of our work, to how hard you work, to how it could benefit them. So you want to think about it in terms of you. You want to look at your customer and say, what will they get from my work? Will they get bragging rights? Will they get investment rights? That's kind of the thought process behind fine art. Will they be able to use the work? Is it functional? What benefits? And then we have to share that with them. This is another extremely common mistake that we all make. We think that we can put the work out there and that people will just see it and get it. I've been guilty of this. Some of my work is very laden with symbolism and with historical references. Even my craft company, I Connect Craft, the write-ups about the symbolism of the animals in Native American culture or mythology, they have to be pointed out explained, talked about. You have to share your message with the audience through friendly, upbeat communication, education. One more comment here about educating your audience. I'm not talking about the standard artist statement that's all full of art speak, art history references and influences and really highbrow, conceptual stuff. Now, that makes people feel dumb. That's for the gallery owners or the museum curators who are trained. What we need is we need to provide stories. Stories that create emotion in your audience and your customers. You want to entertain, make them laugh, make them smile, make them cry. Remind them of their favorite trip to wherever it is they found your work. Or remind them of 
their children's childhood or their favorite pet, whatever it is, seek to create a story in your work and to educate the audience through story. All right. A for automate. So we've got seven steps. The appeal system art, product, presentation, educate, and now amplify. Amplify. What do I mean by that? Or automate. Well, you want to amplify through automation. You want to get bigger. In the world of business, they talk about scaling, getting bigger. And how do you do that if you're one person and you're bootstrapping, if you're spending your own money, your own time, your own labor, your own efforts? Well, you have to create a system. You have to automate certain things so that they can happen without you. Easier said than done, it sounds like, right? But in this modern era, there is so much that you can actually do through automated systems. Like, for example, email outreach. That's one of the most common is that you can use something like MailChimp, which is free for less than 2,000 subscribers, or Constant Contact or AWeber. Those are some of the higher end ones that cost a lot of money. But you can have these emails go out at predefined times. Send this one one day, send this two days later, send this three days later, follow up with this one. You want to communicate over and over and over again with your customers and your audience. So part of education is that constant communication, right? We have to communicate. We as humans are all about communication. This is what makes us different is our communication. And it can get messed up very easily. So you want to have it automated and you want it to not fall off or get messed up. So automate. What else can you automate? Can you automate your shipping process? Can you automate those lower end products through a system where you make them in a system? Kind of like Henry Ford and the Model T car. He revolutionized our world through systems. You do this piece, goes down the line, you do the next piece. Could you make an assembly line? All right. Art product, presentation, educate, amplify. Now we're coming to one of the biggies, license. Licensing. Have you heard of licensing? Believe it or not, I hadn't heard of licensing for quite some time. I have an MFA in fine arts, in computer arts, and I didn't hear the term licensing until I was uh, well into my teaching career. So let me tell you what it is. Licensing is where you take your work and you let a manufacturer use your work on their product. It's supposed to be a win-win situation. They get a beautiful product that has more appeal, more visual appeal, whether it be with repeating patterns on fabrics or beautiful paintings on a tissue box or a notebook or um, a calendar or a puzzle, whatever. You know, there's lots and lots of companies looking for artwork to increase their sales. And then in turn, they pay you a royalty, a percentage of the profits on those products. The very important thing to remember about licensing is that it's supposed to be a win-win, okay? 
and you have to read the contract. You've got to understand the terms. You've got to read it, and I highly recommend getting a lawyer to read it as well. Now, in the appeals system, in the book, and in the course, I go into some of the terms that you'll see in a contract for licensing. I've negotiated a couple of contracts with larger companies, and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So you have to be persistent and patient, and you really do need a lawyer to explain and show you some of the red flags, all right? Let's just remember that some of the most important things in licensing is that you are loaning them your copyright for a duration of time and in a specific area. So you don't want to give away your copyright forever and everywhere. Big no-no. Your copyright, it needs to be very specific about where and when they can use your copyright. They can use it on this type of product for this long, a year or two years, and in this market, maybe North America. Okay, so there's region where they can use the product, where they can sell the product on what they can sell the product, and for how long they have that copyright. And then that copyright for that artwork comes back to you because you might want to sell that copyright to another company that makes something different or sells a product in another region of the world, okay? So never give away your copyright to everywhere or forever on everything. That's a big no-no. So where, when, how long, on what. Make sure you take a look at those things. Where can they use it? How long can they use it? And on what can they use it? All right? And definitely have a lawyer review the contract if you can. Make sure you read it. Don't get so excited that you just sign the thing. I know it's really tempting because it's like, oh, somebody wants to use my artwork on a product. It's so exciting, right? Don't do that. Take the time, take a couple of days to read it in its entirety. Make them wait. It's kind of like dating. Got to make them wait a little bit. Finally, the last step in the appeal system, step seven, success. How do you define success? Success is relative. Success is relative to you. You know what you can achieve and what is an amazing, successful goal that you've achieved for you. Don't compare yourself to other people. It's very tempting to look at social media and everybody else out there and think, I'm not doing as well as this person. Well, you don't know where they've come from or how long they've been doing it. They might have been at this for 20 years, right? So do not compare yourself to anybody else. And in fact, it is very important that you sit down and define what your goals are and what is going to define success for you. That's what delineating goals are. Don't get scared about setting goals. In fact, make them big, audacious, hairy goals, as they call them. I think there's an acronym for that, big, audacious, hairy goals. B-A-A-G, bags, bogs, hogs. <laughs> Somebody tell me how you pronounce that acronym. It doesn't sound right. Listen, dream big or go home. That's my motto. I love that motto. Dream big, go for it. Write them down. 
know what your goals are. And when you hit one, celebrate it. Tell the world everybody wants to do success with successful people. And it's very important that you take a moment to stop and acknowledge that. Once again, I'm speaking from experience here. I'm totally guilty of having something really cool happen to me or in my business. And, you know, I take the night and I maybe go out to dinner with the family or I say, hey, you know, I did this to close friends and family and then I stop. I don't talk about it on social media or share it because I feel like, oh, it's bragging. We're all raised, oh, to be modest and not to brag and not to boast. But sometimes you need to share the accomplishments. People are going to cheer for you. And the people that don't, well, just ignore them. There are haters out there. There are trolls on the internet. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. We're all scared of getting flamed. Heck, I'm scared of getting flamed. But if you have something to put out there in the world, if you're making something, it needs to be out there in the world. There is somebody that can benefit from it. I know it. You have something to share with someone. Remember, there is always somebody that is coming up behind you and that can benefit from your experience from your things that you've learned, your skills, you're always a little bit further ahead than somebody because everybody's got to start somewhere, right? Even if it's just a high school student or a college student, everybody has to start somewhere. So don't compare yourself to anybody else because there's a lot of people that have been doing it a lot longer or have a lot more experience and they will make you feel like, oh, I'm not far enough along. And that's not the case. You can do it. There's somebody out there that can benefit from your knowledge and wants to see your work. So set yourself some goals and then break those goals into smaller chunks. That's how it works. You just take little baby steps, right? So you make that big audacious goal. I want to get reviewed in a magazine or I want to have a gallery exhibit at a cafe at a local coffee shop. We all have to start somewhere and then celebrate it when you hit that milestone. Tell everybody, tell Facebook, tell social media. I promise you, nine out of 10 people, 90 out of 99 people. I don't know. I don't know what the percentage is actually. (laughs) But celebrate it and let people know, spread the word. That also takes you back to this idea of educating. So share the reason you made it. Share what you're trying to accomplish. Tell the stories behind your work. Hey, tell the stories in visuals. That's what Instagram's all about, is telling stories with visuals, right? So there you have it, folks. I wanted to give you a summary of the Artist Appeals system. It's a seven-step system using the acronym APPEALS to help you step through step-by-step how to build a business in the arts. So let's just review for a second here. Appeals stands for art. You create art. Product. You turn your art, the collection, into a product with different price points. Presentation. You have to present it. You have to make it look awesome. You have to show the value of the work in the presentation. 
educate, you have to educate your audience as to the benefits of your work, not the features, the stories and the benefits. Amplify. How do you increase your scale? How do you increase your outreach? How do you get more friends? How do you get more collectors? How do you amplify? Well, through automation, through systems. You're only one person. So come up with step-by-step systems to get you where you need to go. Licensing. Licensing your work to other companies can help you in growing and scaling because they're supposed to take over distribution and production. And then finally, success. How do you measure your success? You measure your success. No one else does. Success is relative to you. Anyways, I want to thank you guys for joining me on this summary of the Artist Appeals, the seven-step system for building a business in the arts. If you found this helpful, or if you know an artist that you think could benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. It's free. All right. Have a great day. And I hope you'll go back and listen to some of these amazing interviews that we have with industry experts if you've missed them. We've got Joe Packham from Where Women Create, Denzel Quick, the vice president of product at Spellbinders Paper Arts. We've got Sandra Evertson from Artifacts and Relics, Ashley Monet of Sir de Belle. We've got some great interviews and there's a lot of things you can learn from them. So share it out, send it to artist friends, go back and listen to some of the older ones. And I want to thank you for joining me at the Artist Appeals, the seven-step system for building a business in the arts. You can learn more about each of these seven steps in our free newsletter as well. Well, that's it for the Artist Appeals. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed recording it. I just love talking with all these artists and business people. It's phenomenal, and I've learned so much. I hope you've learned something too. You can get more information You can check out some of the links that we talked about in these podcasts at theartistappeals.com. That's theartistappeals.com. Thanks and have a good one.